we are now at a crossroad, pardon the pun, in the story of being a follower of Jesus. Remember that we heard two weeks ago that Jesus' love is for everyone, and you are included in that love. God loves you and everyone so much. Last week, we heard that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, the one who has, who has had and who will have power in our lives. And then we have also been called to be the rocks of the church. And today we find out what else this life of being a follower of Jesus might entail. Jesus is saying that he will undergo suffering and death and on the third day be raised to life again. We know these words. We have heard these words. These words are a foundation of our faith. They are not new to us, but they are brand new in this story to Peter. And so he says, that can't be true. That can't happen. And yet we know that it is true. So what does it look like to be a cross bearer, to be one who takes up their cross and follows Jesus now? Sometimes I think when we think about this life of being a cross bearer, we automatically think about suffering. And yes, suffering is a part of our human experience, but it is not only that. It's about healing and the resurrection as well. The learning from the experience. I found a story by Mark Chernoff, and it's entitled, The Weight of the Glass. He says, 20 years ago, when my wife Angel and I were undergrads in college, our psychology professor taught us a lesson we've never forgotten. On the last day of class, before graduation, she walked up on stage to teach one final lesson, which she called a vital lesson on the power of perspective and mindset. So as she raised a glass of water over her head, everyone expected that she would mention the typical glass half full or glass half empty metaphor. Instead, with a smile on her face, the professor asked, how heavy is the glass of water I'm holding? How heavy is the glass of water I'm holding? Students began to shout out answers ranging from a couple of ounces to a couple of pounds. And after a few moments of fielding all kinds of answers and nodding her head, she replied, from my perspective, the absolute weight of the glass is irrelevant. It depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute or two, it's fairly light. If I hold it for an hour straight, its weight might make my arm ache. If I hold it for a day straight, my arm will likely cramp, go numb, and be paralyzed forcing me to drop the glass to the floor. 
In each case, the absolute weight of the glass does not change. But the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. As most of us students nodded our heads in agreement, she continued, your worries, frustrations, disappointments, and stressful thoughts are very much like a glass of water. Think about them for a little while, nothing drastic happens. Think about them a little longer, and you begin to feel the pain. Think about them all day long, and you will feel completely numb and paralyzed and incapable of doing anything else until you drop them. I think that we think of those moments, those cross moments, the moments when we're sad and we're sick, when we're grieving or we're lonely, where we are fighting chronic pain. We have those moments in our lives that are cross moments. And we carry it. It becomes a part of us. And depending on how we remember or the weight we give it in our lives, it can be light or heavy that we can barely move. I visited someone this week who was having a really hard day. We all have them. You know them. I came to her room, and she was weepy and sad. She could only think, really, that day of the cross moments that she's had in her life, and especially the most recent ones of losing her husband and feeling very lonely. So I asked her to share memories. So we talked and we laughed about life and families, and it was great. By the end of our visit, she said to me she was so sorry for being sad when I first arrived. She knows that her life is full of things for which to be grateful. And I told her, it's okay to be sad. Feel when you feel it, right? Things that, um, that we can have these pity parties, and we all have them. But I also said, you can visit those times, but you can't live there. We all have our, our moments, our seasons of hardship. These are the cross moments. We can't really avoid them. It is part of loving and living and being human with fellow humans. It's how we look at them, how we process them, that will make the difference in finding not only the cross moments, but also the moments of resurrection and healing. Which leads me to this next story. It's another story by Mark Chernoff. It's called, When Our Stories Hold Us Back. She rarely makes eye contact Instead, she looks down at the ground because the ground is safer. Because unlike people, it expects nothing in return. She doesn't have to feel ashamed about her past. The ground just accepts her for who she is right now. And as she sits at the bar next to me, Mark says, 
She stares down at her vodka tonic, and then the ground, and then her vodka tonic. Most people don't get me, she says. They ask me questions like, what's your problem? Or were you beaten as a child? But I never respond, she says, because I don't feel like explaining myself, and I don't think that they really care anyway. And just then, a young man sits down at the bar on the other side of her, and he's a little drunk, and he says, you're pretty. May I buy you a drink? And she stays silent and looks back down at the ground, and after an awkward moment, he accepts the rejection. He gets up, and he walks away. So Mark asks, would you prefer that I leave you too? No, she says, without glancing upward. But I could use some fresh air. You don't have to come, but you can if you want to. So I follow her outside, and we sit on the street curb in front of the bar. Brr, it's a really chilly night, Mark says. Tell me about it, she says, while maintaining her usual downward gaze. The warm vapor from her mouth cuts through the cold air and bounces off the ground in front of her. So why are you out here with me? I mean, wouldn't you rather be inside the warmth, talking to normal people about normal things? Mark says, I'm out here because I want to be, because I'm not normal. And look, I can see my breath, and we're in San Diego, and that's not normal either. Oh, and you're wearing Airwalk sneakers, and so am I, which may have been normal in 1994, but not anymore. She glances up and she smirks, and this time exhaling her breath upward into the moonlight. I see you're wearing a ring, she says. You're married, right? He said, yeah. My wife, Angel, is just getting off work now and is heading here to meet me for dinner. She nods her head, and then she looks back at the ground. Well, you're off the market. And safe, I guess. So can I tell you a story? And he says, I'm listening. As she speaks, her emotional gaze shifts from the ground to my eyes, to the moonlit sky, to the ground, and back to my eyes again. This rotation continues in a loop for the duration of her story. And every time her eyes meet mine, she holds them there, for a few seconds longer than she did on the previous rotation. I don't interject once. I listen to every word, and I assimilate the raw emotion presence in the tone of her voice and in the depth in her eyes. And when she finishes, she says, Well, now you know my story. You think I'm a freak, don't you? And he says, Place your right hand on your chest. And she does. He asks, do you feel something? She says, yeah, I feel my heartbeat. Now close your eyes and place both of your hands on your face and move them around slowly. She does. What do you feel now? He asks. Well, I feel my eyes, my nose, my mouth. I feel my face. That's right. But unlike you, stories don't have heartbeats. They don't have faces. 
because stories are not alive. They are not people. They're just stories. She stares into my eyes for a prolonged moment. She smiles sincerely and says, just stories we live through. Yeah, and stories we learn from. So as people of God, we know that we are loved beyond what we can even imagine. We are loved by a God who did give his son to die for us and raised him three days later. So that we have a share not only in those cross moments where God knows what it's like to suffer, what it's like for us to suffer, but also we get to share in the resurrection, new life. And so we now live as cross bearers and live resurrected lives. And it takes this family, this body of Christ, to remind each other that even when we have these moments and experiences, we also have new life and new opportunities ahead of us. Stories we live through, stories we learn from, and lives that are surrounded by God's love. Amen.